My name is Art Schmoen, Managing Director of IWBC 2018, which is a major international conference on industrialized wood-based construction. And I'm here today with Jerker Lessing, one of the world's leading experts and innovators in the field of industrialized construction. With a PhD in engineering from Lund University in Sweden, Jerker is Director of Research and Development at Bookluck. Bookluck is a joint venture between IKEA, the world's largest furniture company, and one of Europe's largest construction companies, Skanska. Bookluck is Sweden's leading industrialized housing company today, and to date has produced more than 11,000 houses. In his role as head of R&D at Bookluck, Jurker conducts research at Lund University and is an adjunct professor at Stanford University. He's co-authored a book on industrialized construction and has published research in numerous international journals. Jurker, welcome. Thanks a lot, Art. I'm happy to be here. Jurker, I think one of the subjects of greatest interest to our listeners, certainly here in North America, is the subject of affordable housing. And Booklook is actually tackling this daunting challenge. Can you tell us something about how Booklook came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So Booklook is, uh, as you said, a company, a joint venture between IKEA and Skanska. It started already in 1996 by uh, the founder of IKEA, Ingvar Kamprad. He met with the chairman of Skanska, Melker Schörling. They met on a housing fair and Ingvar was upset because what he saw it was that only expensive housing was built and showed. And he was upset because he saw that the need for affordable housing for the many people was very scarce. So he reached out to Skanska again and said, we need to do something about this. I have a couple of ideas. Do you want to join us? And Skanska <laughs> wanted to do that, of course. So that was actually the start of Bukluk. So Ingvar saw the need and he had a vision to do something about it. And that was the start. And then very interesting development phase for the company and the concept was initiated. My understanding is that architects were not actually involved in the early development process, that it began with consumer research. Can you expand on that a little? Yeah, that's correct. So it didn't start like traditionally with the hiring of architects and so on. So it was actually a, a group of three women were put together in a group to investigate this need that Ingvar had identified. And what they did was, of course, dig deep in the customer and market segments to find the group on the market, actually, with, with an income, of course, but with a very challenging situation on the housing market. And what they found was sort of as a persona, but the target customer was sort of identified as a small family with a single nurse and one child. That was the family that was going to be in focus for this. Of course, I mean, we build for many others, but this we, we always have this picture in front of our eyes when we develop. So that was identified and also the needs and prioritations, of course, on a cost level, but also, of course, on functionality and all that from a home. That was used as input for product development. Then, of course, uh, architects were involved in the process. A product was designed, a product designed for uh, repetition, because this was to be product on a large scale, not a single project or so, but something that could be scaled up. So a product was designed 
And after that, the production system was designed with, of course, industrialized production in factory, smart way to produce in the factory, and also on the building sites to make it efficient and fast and sustainable, of course. My understanding is that one of the key focuses for BookLook is standardization and also keeping a number of products to a minimum. It's in focus because we see that as a means to achieve our purpose, to offer affordable housing. So the way we have done it is that we have a very narrow offering, a portfolio of different apartment types and house types. And then we offer that. Because of that, we have also been able to optimize our production and the whole process around it. And the effect is, of course, a very, very effective process, keeping the costs low. One of the key areas of focus for IWBC 2018 is the supply chain and how industrialized construction is re-engineering that supply chain. What is BookLook doing to integrate the supply chain? Well, first of all, we control our supply chain completely from land acquisition to product development, developing and maintaining the technical platform, our factory production, of course, but also the site work. We control that and we have optimized that. And then also sales and marketing around it. So we control everything of this and we have integrated all the different parts into a full concept. And since this is the only thing we do, we constantly work on integrating the different parts. And I think that's that's been one of our keys for success. And important to note is also that we are project developers. We're not contractors building for others. So what we do is we buy land, we build our own products on that land, and then we sell it to our customers. And that way we have been able to optimize and integrate even, even further. In reading about BookLook, two words seem to be repeated over and over, affordability and sustainability. Now, you've addressed some of the affordability issues. Let's look at sustainability. How do you address sustainability without significantly increasing costs? Well, first of all, sustainability is very, very high on the agenda for both our owners, both Skanska and IKEA. So for us, it's a very, very clear demand from the owners that we must be a leading example in sustainability. Second, it would be very, very strange for us to offer an affordable solution, affordable homes, but with bad sustainability. So that wouldn't work together. It would be very, I think it would be disastrous for our brand and our customer approach. And not least to our second customer, if you put it that way. So our second customer, we could say, is municipalities. And they ask a lot about sustainability. And in a way, they are the voice of the customer in general. And they ask a lot of questions about sustainability and they put high demands on on us. Can you expand a little on uh, what you mean by sustainability? So for us, sustainability is a broad term, of course, including not only the green part in sustainability, but also social aspects and economic aspects and also technical aspects, actually. But if we focus on the green aspect first, I think, I mean, it's about taking care of our resources, of course. And what's interesting is that sustainability and affordability, they go very much hand in hand. So, for example, in our process, we use or we have much less waste than in a traditional construction process. We have much less 
waste in materials and also, of course, in time. But since we have optimized our production, we have also been able to bring out waste of materials in the production process. And by that, we save both money and the environmental aspects of it. Then we have, of course, also strategically chosen to build with wood as a structural material. We have minimized the use of concrete. And I think this is a very, very important step we we have taken from a CO2 perspective. Then third, for us, it's, I mean, especially building here in Sweden, Norway, Finland, it's a cold climate and also high regulations from the governments. We have a very uh, well-insulated house and buildings and that adds, of course, to the level of sustainability quite a lot. You mentioned that you decided to go with wood. A lot of off-site construction companies, when we look at them around the world, are using steel framing for at least part of the structure. Why have you not done that? Why have you gone with only wood framing? From the first start, wood was chosen from a production perspective. It was very suitable for the products that we were to build. Sweden has a very large industry of prefabricating in wood. So there was a lot of potential suppliers, a lot of knowledge about this. And also it's a light material. So it's easy to work with in the factory and it's also light, so it's suitable for transportation. And it's light, so it doesn't require so much foundation work and again, less concrete on the site. So it was a number of different reasons. So from the start, productivity or production aspects, but over the years we have realized how smart it was also from a sustainability aspect. As I mentioned, in contrast to using concrete, we think it was smart to use wood, of course, because it, I mean, the carbon dioxide aspect of it is is huge, of course. I understand that Booklook is now incorporating solar panels on all of its homes. Can you explain why this decision was made and what effect this is having on costs? Yes, we took that decision almost a year ago. It comes to play for real now, this fall of 2018. And it was a very natural step for us. So we have seen that the market for solar is mature enough. And IKEA, one of our mothers, so so to say, have started to launch uh, solar on many markets. They sell solar panels in their stores in different markets. So we wanted to leverage on that. But most important, that solar brings together affordability and sustainability. And clean energy is not only for the rich, we want to bring it to the many people. And as I said before, also, it actually goes hand in hand with affordability and sustainability. So we have designed our solutions to balance the investment and the cost savings from the electricity bill. So we don't have the largest solar installations, not yet at least, but we have balanced the size and the outcome of it to make it both affordable and, of course, the sustainable aspect. Industrialized housing can do a a great deal to reduce the cost of building and assembling a house or apartment. But isn't one of the greatest challenges, particularly in urban areas, the cost of land? What can be done about that? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's important. I mean, we can have very cost-efficient production, but if we don't find the right land with the right price or cost for it, then it's not uh, the total price is too high. 
So the way we work with it is that we have a close communication with municipalities and landowners, especially in Sweden, municipalities are also big landowners, but they are also responsible for supplying housing. So we work together with them, explaining our concept, uh, what we do and how we do it and how important it is, of course, to have a balance in the costs, not only for production, but also for land. They understand it and many of them take their responsibility to participate in this uh, equation. So we buy land from landowners, municipalities and private landowners that want to be part of this sort of sustainable society where we can build also affordable homes. I mean, obviously we can't buy expensive land, so we look for the right locations. Often that is in the outskirts of cities. We look for uncomplicated land that we can turn around fairly quickly also, which is important financially. So we don't buy a lot of land and sit on it for a long time. So we turn it around quickly and we can't have a big land bank because financially that's not viable. So that's the way we work with it. So find uncomplicated land to the right price, suitable for our products. Then we build fast and sell to our customers. Booklook right now is providing or is selling housing into, in addition to the Swedish market, into uh, Finland, Norway, Germany. Is Booklook planning to scale up its operations outside of those regions? Not really. We are, at the moment, we are present in Sweden, Norway, and Finland. We have historically, we have done some attempts in Germany, uh, Denmark, and the UK, but those markets are not active as of now. For now, we are in Scandinavia. We get a lot of questions about this, but we don't have any plans <laughs> to scale up more than what we do uh, right now. So the US market is not in your sights at the present time? Unfortunately, no plans for the US market, but we're happy to tell about what we do and show what we do, but we don't have any plans to get established on the US market. Not now. As head of research and development for Booklook, you're focused on the future. What does the future hold for Booklook? First of all, the need for affordable homes is huge. I would say it's almost unlimited on a global scale. So that's, of course, very important for us to keep in mind. We see that more actors are approaching this field, which is very good, I think, because we need to be more than us. But we want to stay ahead, of course, on the markets that we are present at. So for that, we see increased digitalization as uh, one key to further integrate our processes, make them even more efficient, but also a way to make our offerings even more attractive. We can uh, use digitalization in new ways in the design process, but also in different ways to make our products even more interesting, to think of digital solutions also in the home. So that's something we'll look into. So that's the one part. One other part of digitalization is, of course, in the production process to use um, robotization and automation to a higher extent, which has a lot of promise in it. Important there is, of course, to keep the balance between investment and the number of units produced. That's, of course, always tricky. But we see that we are now on a, on a level of production where we actually can afford increasing uh, automation and robotization. So that's very interesting. But one of the, the biggest challenges of our time, I mean, is sustainability. So we will continue to create even 
better solutions from that perspective as well. So one example that we're looking into is if we should collaborate in a project to build an off-grid building, which is extreme, of course, in a way, but that's also a way for us to learn from extreme solutions and based on that, bring out the best and uh, use that in our standard offering. And that's when we start to make a change for real. We want to do it on a large scale in many, many houses, many buildings, and that's when it starts to make a difference. As we talked about with solar, we don't want to do that in one project here or there. We want to do it on a large scale, and then together that makes a big difference. So uh, I think uh, digitalization and sustainability are the main fields that we look into for the future, for sure. Can we turn now to your research at Lund University and Stanford? Can you tell us a little about your research? Yes. So my research has been focused on describing the field of industrialized construction. I started with this 15 years ago, and then the field was very unknown, and the understanding of industrialization was very wide and and very different, you could say. So what I started with was to put together a framework to describe what I meant with industrialized construction resulted in a framework or one model with eight fields. The eight fields are planning and control of processes, technical systems, prefabrication, long-term relations, logistics, digitalization, reuse of experience and measurements, and also customer and market focus. So those eight different pieces of a pie together constitute the concept of industrialized construction. And then also tied together, you could say, by continuous improvements, which is possible to work with if we work with these different aspects on a long-term basis. So all these are also, as we talked about, very dependent on each other. So they need to be integrated in order to contribute to the whole. So that's one part of what I've been doing. I've also worked with the strategic aspects of industrialized construction, I found that it's not possible to do this on a large scale only on a project level. This has to be incorporated on the company level. And then it affects the business models and the strategy of companies and see how a company should be structured in terms of the long-term development processes and how they should meet the execution of projects. So I have a couple of models showing that and also how to structure solutions and products in product platforms and technical platforms, and what kind of platform you should have for different purposes. So, for example, the Bookluck recipe is not the same for another company. Another company has a different target customer and so on, different price levels, cost levels, production methods, different supplier networks, and so on. And then the recipe is different, and then the platform structure needs to be handled differently. Well, this has been absolutely fascinating, Jörker, and I want to thank you for giving our listeners a good look into Bookluck's philosophy and strategic thrust, as well as into your research. On behalf of IWBC and its producer, Forest Economic Advisors, it's been a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you for spending this time with us. Thanks a lot, Art. Thanks a lot for a very interesting discussion.